moving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a podcast that can hold its breath for a long, long time. My name is Greg. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, this is the first in a series of horror anthologies. Yes. Kind of an underrepresented genre. One of my favorite favorite of all time genres i mean i love just like the little bite-sized nuggets of horror and that's just it you just get enough and then they take it to another place yeah it's nice mm-hmm. but before we get going into that let me remind you we are part of what is it there genius boom howdy absolutely the boom howdy podcast network where you will find our lovely podcast nightmare mm-hmm. junkhead yep, yep. right along with control Alt, delete uh big butts and monster trucks mm-hmm. and a host of many others check us out at boomhowdy.com and we're also if you're not in that particular website check us out at soundcloud.com and eventually you'll find us on itunes take us on the go listen to us while you're reading a book while you're pooping Uh, you know laugh and you know just in you know the uh, inappropriate places when you're on the bus you know (laughs) freak people out around you man this is a horror podcast after all you should be freaking some people shit freak out the squares man freaking the squares since Mm. 2015 when we started all right all right (laughs) l-i-v-i-n So, we've got a little segment that we're going to introduce now called The Cult Callback. Mm-hmm. And The Cult Callback is really us taking a look at some of those films from the past that maybe didn't necessarily do all that well during their initial uh, box office run, but found an audience in the home video boom mm-hmm. and then became were appreciated as they should have been in the first place. Yeah. And so that brings us, we mentioned the horror anthology. And so, good God, there are some good ones out there. Yeah, there's some fantastic, there's some rubbish ones. The, oh, yes, absolutely. There's some, there's some bullshit ones. But you, there had are to, some, you had to weave through some of the shit to get yeah. to the gold. But more than like, I would have to say, out of all the horror anthologies, I enjoy maybe about uh, four out of five of them. I was, I was going to say, I'd probably be about 80%. Yeah. And that's actually, kind of, I think that's, that's exactly four out of five. five. Yeah. <laughs> Math! <laughs> For our statistician friends out there. You call yourself nerds! <laughs> Which brings us to 1982's Written by Stephen King, directed by George, George Romero. Romero. Two of the overlords, man. Y'all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Creep show. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, my God. Now, would we call it the granddaddy of horror anthologies? Because no. technically, there are a few There's that a came few before. before. There was a Tales from the Crypt mm-hmm. from 1970-something. I believe so. Yeah. I think that would be the granddaddy, but this is definitely like one of the kings. One this the- is the one I really remember having mm-hmm. kind of first access to. This is probably the first horror anthology I saw Yeah, and that made an impact on me. I saw the, the Cri- Tales from the Crypt on TV. And that was pretty good. That was the one. There was there was two. There was Tales from the Crypt and then Vault of Horror. And I think they were produced by Hammer. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But well, also, wasn't there the uh, Trilogy of Terror as well? Yeah, the and then Zuni. part one and part two. Yes. And they both had the Zuni dolls. But the one the one that really I saw first that really got me was when the guy was working in the house of the blind. And he was, like, being really mean to the blind people. And, like, moving furniture around. Just, just <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm grinning because I'm like, well, that's kind of funny putting it's a, like putting a plunger in the toilet you know just just <laughs> <laughs> just do just this random like fuckery right and so finally the the blind people have enough so they fucking gouge out his eyeballs and um they they drug him gouge out his eyeballs and then they like 
make him go through this maze of some shit and like each little corridor is something fucked up like there's a room with nothing but drywall and he's trying to feel his hands and all of a sudden the drywall is filled with razor blades and then there's another one where he's like ah and then he, like the floor has nails and shit then <laughs> he's blind and he's just getting tortured the fuck out of it that's insane yeah. that's tough just even describing that it was just like oh shit yeah. shit, shit and then there was a monkey paw one we all know the story of the uh, monkey, the monkey paw. paw yes right so like the tales from the crypt and the tales of the vault tales from the crypt and vault of terror were the first ones that I think really like that actually you really had that that really thrust of like holy shit this is good yeah but then creep show came along and I mean I can name off some of my favorite ones like I got tales from the crypt mm-hmm. you know the ones even the new tales from the crypt uh, the anthology ones creep show one and two fuck three that's god that's the rubbish. less said about that one the better right um tales from the dark side tales from the dog yes and um trick or treat, trick or treat. which they just announced part two at south by southwest this year i cannot wait for that oh that was it's an instant classic to the me the further adventures of sam fuck yes they oh that's such a good we could do a whole fucking thing on that and trust me when i say you know and honestly i really consider that to be a cult movie yeah. so trust me we will touch upon trick or treat and then even vhs oh yeah the one two, one, two and, and three yeah, yeah. so three's this, on netflix now it is i just saw that <laughs> so we've got a lot of shit to cover with that mm-hmm. so before we go though um because romero you know you say george romero and everyone automatically goes to zombies right. you know the night of living dead dawn of the dead day of the dead uh land of the dead you know the dead series that's right. what he's well known for you know you think of his place in horror it is it's for zombies. zombies but i think this is one of his really underappreciated films most definitely and it's i think it's unfortunate because i think a lot of people know creep show but they don't necessarily know the connection of Romero. Right. Romero is behind all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he gives it that direction. The whole comic book aspect of uh, it, you know, because they both were fans of the Tales from the Crypt, and Vault it was of Horror. EC Comics. Yeah, the EC, yeah. And that's what this is basically. This is kind of a callback film. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, paying homage to all the shit that paved the way for them that basically probably brought Stephen King and George Romero to where they are, right. where they were at the time. Because all that in the 50s, with the whole Red Scare and everything, you know, they couldn't... The EC got so much shit. Oh, that's... You know, they were basically... The, the comics code were created because of this. Because of the Tales from the Crypt. And Seduction the of the Innocent, all right. of that. Yeah, there's yeah. A, so there's a long long history with that yeah. and this is kind of their, their little love letter exactly i was them. about to fucking say love letter i love you man <laughs> genius you are all we're, right we're finishing our you're, own sentences you're good faithful bromance bromance <laughs> but the, so you've got there's technically five segments yes and the first one there's five uh and then the second one and then when they show it on tv they take out the last one the roach one you're kidding kid you not really yep i wonder if it's just a time i don't issue? know oh my god how could you take out that with edward g Robinson oh, it? they're creeping up on you, man. Yes. Oh, well, so what's going on, Mr. Platt? You oh. doing all right there, Mr. Platt? Yeah. Uh, so before we, okay, so I'm <clears throat> taking you back. I probably saw this. I imagine it would have been on HBO at some point or on home video because yeah, I saw on video. Um, one of the many, I was very lucky and we had a little mom and pop video store in our neighborhood. My cousin worked there, so I was able to get all the good stuff. Mm. And I remember the VHS box of Creep Show because it had the creep. 
paying for a ticket at a little box office yeah. thing, which I, I just almost that was badass. That was, that bad was ass. a badass little thing. And then part two had like the creep in, in the, the movie theater. theater. Yes, because I saw part two in the theater. Oh, nice. Yeah, credibility, yeah. man. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. It is though, and the creep itself is very iconic. Yeah, you think creep show, you think the creep, right? And I mean, you, you may think of some of the monsters and ghouls within the film, but you automatically think of the creep. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I recently rewatched it, and one of the things that struck me in the, uh, upon rewatch was, and that first segment that's kind of technically tangentially related to all the the segments, but yeah, the wraparound one, story. It is, it yeah. is, is Tom Atkins is the assholeish <laughs> father, dad, yeah. And uh, you know, as a kid, you don't appreciate Tom Atkins, but fucking as an adult, you appreciate Tom thrill Atkins. Me. Hell's yeah, thrill me! Turn it off, turn it off. Yeah, Tom Atkins, horror icon. Yeah, he's the shit, dude. Absolutely. No. And then you get Stephen King's little Joe Hill mm-hmm. as the kid, and looking just, just like Stephen King, like a little miniature Stephen yeah. King in there. Um, but it's basically it's the way it's introduced is the little kid is reading the little comic books. Dad's like, that's all trash. Filth and rubbish. You'll rot your brain. Absolutely. Throws it out. And then we are introduced to the creep. Now, here's the thing is, you know, you're ideally as a kid, you're identifying with little the little kid. Throwing away your comics or telling you that, you know, that shit's going to rot your brain. Parents don't mm-hmm. understand and shit, yeah. you know. But there's that. No, not, no DJ <laughs> Jazzy Jeff. Oh, you Prince. beat me. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that great Yo, home, scene. Smell you later. <laughs> there's that great scene where uh, you see the kid and he's smiling. He's looking out his window and he starts smiling. You're like, what the fuck is he smiling at? And then there's that reveal of the creep outside of his window. Mm-hmm. That scared the shit out of me as a kid. I did like I look now and I go, oh yeah, the kid's very horror centric. He sees the creep. His creep yeah. is his friend. That like made me put my head over under the covers and shit because it scared me. Really? Oh yeah, I was not like that's not my buddy. That motherfucker's gonna be screeching like in Salem's Lot. Oh that you know? fucker in Salem's Lot scared the piss out of me that anything outside of the window like that has just messed me up and i think maybe that's why i would i didn't immediately go oh that's badass i was like fuck that he's coming to get me you know yeah i wanted a kind of an evil friend like that and that's just it he is he's his buddy (laughs) you know he he ultimately you know you know the dad we'll get to that yeah we'll We'll talk about that so the first first little segment we have is father's day (laughs) where's my which again you you talk about like iconic images iconic sayings um ed ed harris. harris ed harris ed harris does a dance in that film that is awesome a white person dance oh it's man. totally it's white to- it's, it's total it's, 80s white person dance it looked like my dad dancing you know? <laughs> <laughs> and i actually had the opportunity uh, mom dad's been getting into the room again <laughs> <laughs> had the opportunity uh there's a screen in a creep show and this was probably a good 10 years ago but uh savini and romero were in attendance and i had oh, a chance man. had a chance to ask him and my my question i could have asked him so many different things and What's i asked him dance? exactly i was like yo ed harris's <laughs> dance like was that him they're like yeah that was all him i'm like oh <laughs> even better because my man kills it with that fucking dance <laughs> and yo. just go say no more do your time that whole like, yeah booty time mm-hmm. booty time mm-hmm. Across the USA, but the whole the whole segment is based around uh, Bedelia and her father, Aunt Bedelia, Aunt Bedelia, crazy Aunt Bedelia, and we were first introduced to her driving uh, driving down the street with that big ass stogie out of her mouth. Yeah, and I was telling you off air. That was that was really weird for me because when I first saw this, I remember being scared. It was a scary movie, so I'm already in the scary movie sense. And when I saw her, I laughed. Mm-hmm. Because she was so comical, which yeah. is appropriate because this is a comic book movie, basically. Yes. You know? But ultimately, she's visiting her dead father's grave, 
and that that little bit because he wanted his cake. Mm-hmm. Where's my, my cake, Bedelia? It's Father's Day, and they're all gathered around. I believe it's for an inheritance or a will or something along those lines. Something like that. Uh, no, it's the anniversary. It's the anniversary, it's the anniversary of the death of the, the father. father. Because Bedelia killed him yes, she because does. the father had her husband killed. Yep. So a little revenge going on. So yeah. what I love about this film and what I always loved about kind of the Stephen King approach on things is that the guilty will always be punished right. one way or the other. Yeah. So the father was punished. And then ultimately... Bedelia was punished in the whole yeah. family because they were all money grubbers. They were money grubbers, yeah. yeah. And that's what was interesting. But, you know, this was... <laughs> when, when, uh, when he comes out of the grave... That just hand, the hand and that great and that, score. Yeah, super comic booky. Oh, absolutely! But it works so well yeah. with the tone they set and the lighting because his hand just came out and it's just this one red light on his hand. This made it so comic book. It was just like a comic book come to life. It was a horror comic book come to life. And it was really funny. Is I, I this is very it was ill ill timed in my my part. But I was eating spaghetti when I first saw it. <laughs> maggots just falling yes. off his hand and, and his face face is full of like maggots and, and gore and looked like shit. Chef Boyardee man. And right. I just put me off for so oh, long oh, spaghetti. On Yo, the meatball and Frank's never tasted quite the same. Where's my spaghettios, Greg? <laughs> it's Groundhog's Day. Where's my? <laughs> and it's so cool how that happens, man. And then he he gets out of the grave and he's just all gnarly. Mm-hmm. Makes his way into the house. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I believe it's uh, Ed Harris. Harris goes it. out looking for Bedelia. And he falls in the grave that he popped up out of when the Bedelia is there. And the guy, I don't know if it's magic that he does. Yeah, because he's doing like with his hand motion. Yeah, like he's, he's a and, fucking street magician. Right. And he just like, just makes the, the, yeah. I don't think we're giving away spoilers if we are. Oh, no. It's like a 50, it's like a 40 year old movie. No, no, trust so. me. Yeah, this is, deal with it, y'all. Right. This is, give it a mini commentary, if you will. <laughs> right. you know? But yeah, and then ultimately you get that great reveal at the end. Yeah. Where, it's Father's Day. Yeah. I got my cake. Mm-hmm. And you got Bedelia's head on a plate with the frosting. Frosting and like the weird ass candles. Yes. And you get a great freeze frame. And with the comic book background. And then you transition to the next story, which is mm-hmm. a great transition. Yeah. And it works perfectly. But then the, at, at the transition, the, it's pages that are Flipping. being flipped. And there's little like ads for like, oh, you want to be a strong man? You know, just like in the old comic book. X-ray yep. vision specs. And voodoo kit. The voodoo kit. Which, Which comes, comes back, back in a, into play later. Absolutely. And again, yeah. I love how they, they lay the groundwork for that. They yeah. plant that seed early on, and it does have that payoff in the end. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our next tale, is The Lonesome Death of Jody Verrill. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, that is... Stephen King, dude. <laughs> this one is... This is the one that was, again, very... It plays very comical. This is also, a comedy one, but it's sad. It's very sad. It's like, Oh, my God. It's like... And there's multiple levels. Like the speech, the old lady that he's watching the movie in the background, and that speech that she gives. Yes. We, severe, we, we burned in the summer, and we froze in the winter, but we survived, and we persevered. And the perseverance. I yeah. know. But it's all it's all about Stephen and it's Stephen King in this one and he's it's almost a solo role except for like the doctor yeah, um, and the dad and the dad and yeah that's about it and except for in some wrestlers on the television which <laughs> I got I gotta love but it's Stephen King playing this just backwoods hick mm-hmm. you know Jody Verrill and a meteorite crashes and kind of some chaos ensues yeah. 
And it's just one of those. It's, I, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a slow burn for an anthology, but it's just one of those that just, it just kind of creeps builds. up. It is. A, it's a creeper. It's, yeah, it, it li- really li- it grows on you. Literally. Ah. <laughs> Drop the mic, y'all. <laughs> Genius has nailed it. No, it, it, that's exactly what it is, man. Yeah. It's, ooh, meteor. Uh, it, 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 meteor, meteor shit. shit. <laughs> I mentioned it's it's very funny. It's yeah. very comical, and it's one of those that I remember seeing early. That's that Vera Luck again. You spell a B A D. Does this particular segment take itself seriously? No, no, no. It's no. it's played for laughs, but ultimately, I do remember. Like you said, I it's feel sad. bad. Yeah, it's a it's a sad ending. It's very much so, and he just got that little tick where he's constantly putting his finger in his mouth. Uh-huh. And then he gets up and there's hives there, little spores, spores, moles, and fungi. Yeah, yeah. Egon Spangler would have had a field day with him, right. man. And then, like, everything, the farm just starts going green, green, green. And then finally, at the very end, you hear, oh, good news for you farmers. And all the rain that's yeah. coming. But there's that crazy last shot where he's just totally engulfed in mm-hmm. the thing, and he, he takes his life, man. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's so sad. And then he, because he's praying, please, God, let this... Let this let this hit. Yeah. Let it just give me good luck. He doesn't luck. want that barrel luck. Yeah, he's just, let me have this good luck one time. Boom. And oh. it's just like, fuck. It's, it, it's, 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 a, it's a heart It breaker. really is. Because it, it really is. Because they're funny, 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 funny. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. And that's what ultimately is. You get some of these not necessarily ironic deaths, but just, you know, just the shit that comes about. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, sometimes it's very worthy. You know, you again, the guilty are punished. The dead will rise from the grave. Right. Uh, you know, innocence may die. But yeah. those are the kind of things that you can expect from a Stephen King penned mm-hmm. um, oh, you know, yeah. novel, a movie. Uh, and this is, again, the fact that he, he, I think there are a couple of these that he wrote for the screen. And some were from other, like, mm-hmm. Night Shift or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of his short stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, but this is the one that I always remember. And I just always remember him watching the wrestling. And I identified with that. It's like, I watch wrestling. Yeah. You know, I've, I've gone through that shit before. Although it wasn't quite as good as a uh, real quick uh, segue here, uh, Rodney Dangerfield watching wrestling and Natural Born Killers. I don't even remember that. It was like kill that fucking Indian. What am I? Oh, it's just uh, just the commentary that goes on with that is just kind of classic. You stupid bitch. Oh goddamn, he was so. Don't sl- call me a bitch. <laughs> so slimy and smarmy in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's I'm gonna fuck you like I fucked your mother. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's that's definitely and the laugh track in the background made it that much worse. But anyway, yeah, no, that's, that's anyway, another that's another uh, podcast for another day. Whew, but we I transitioned. Feel dirty just talking about that scene, that was like the dirtiest. Uh, okay. well, maybe we can go take a shower because there's a lot of water involved. Yeah. And the next uh, segment we get the some great. No, uh, no, it's something it's to tide you over. Something to tide you over. Right. Yes. Which is now I I was always stoked with this one because it had Ted Danson, <laughs> who you know everyone knows as Sam Malone, mm-hmm. and Leslie Nielsen in a serious role. Yes. Yeah. Because I was always exposed to him from Air Gun and yeah, Air. Airplane, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so to see him play just a bastard was such. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this, this can't be. Right. You know, this is Frank Drebin. You know, this is you know, this is the doctor from fucking Airplane mm-hmm. being a sadistic, just very sadistic, sadistic bastard. Yeah, and yeah. I. It just, but in this one, plays basically where his wife is cheating on him with a younger man, and he gets his revenge on them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's some cruel ass shit the way he kills them. Yeah, it's like that's some evil genius thought out shit because he basically he buries them up to their neck in on the beach 
in yeah, in the sand and lets the tide slowly creep up on him. And the worst part is they're buried. They're like basically, he owns that entire beach basically because he's a rich man. And he he separates them and he puts the camera on her and the camera on him mm-hmm. so they can see each other. And meanwhile, he's recording it yes. so he can watch it later. Yeah, Ooh, that that's, is that's sadistic. That shit. is very sadistic, man. <laughs> and you get that great shot of uh, Ted Danson where he's totally submerged at one point, and then again the weird lighting takes into effect makes it more comical that comes up from behind and on it's him. all green yes. yeah which means some shit's happening man mm-hmm. and his pad that he's rocking in that movie that's a sweet fucking pad that's a bigger better deal pad right there oh that is straight that up is DVD. hard bodies dude that is hard bodies pad dude that's that's a, yeah dude, that, that is just like 80s excess that right. pad man because and it's and it's all he's got the monitors everywhere so he's got his security and he's got the weird big white remote control and, yeah, like, switches and yeah and so but ultimately as we know with this kind of a film no matter it's gonna go down yeah it doesn't matter how many locks you have how thick the door is you're never secure because mm-hmm. ultimately and again no spoilers they come back from the dead and the and the zombie is totally their zombie is totally different than the other uh Bedelia zombie. Oh yeah, no, it's a totally yeah, it's completely different. You know, with uh with the um, Father's Day, it's he's just all grotesque and mm-hmm. nasty. This one's waterlogged. Yes, they, they are. got the seaweed. Their skins are pruned. Oh, yeah, it looks like they've got like barnacles and shit, and like they've been eaten by little crabs and stuff. It is. It's very effective. And it's all Tom Savini. Yes. Which this is this is kind of a showreel for him. Yeah. Just in terms of the variety of oh, yeah. effects he had on that film. And then the next one oh, was a, definitely a big one. It's that's that uh, that one scared the shit still really. Kind of it me is out. creepy. Yeah. It is creepy. Uh, but ultimately, we've got that great last shot where uh, and there's that you know he's shooting at him. They're not dying. And when they shoot in the water, the water Pours just like that just wound. drips out of like water and blood, like just like mix, just like it's that nasty, nasty black. Black, oh. yeah. It, it's the little things. It's effective. It's so effective. Yeah. But if ultimately, again, he gets it. He's he's buried neck deep, man. And there's that great line. But it comes back because he goes, I hope. Because when he's burying Ted Danson, he goes, I hope you can hold your breath. You know, because. You're gonna you're die, gonna die yeah. right? So then, at the very at the end, he's laughing because he's like, "I can hold my breath for a long time." And so, yeah, and it's a great cutoff right mm-hmm. there, man. Yeah, that's one of those that I I I don't want to. It might be, it might be my favorite. Actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. It's just the one I think that stuck with me for the longest time. Yeah, and I, I it's just I think it was because it was Ted Danson. You know, I, it was Sam Malone. Sam Malone. I was freaked out, man. It's like I was waiting for fucking Woody to show up. You know, Norm, <laughs> Cliff. You know, they're gonna help a brother out. <laughs> Well, uh, hey there, Sam. Uh, looks like uh, you're kind of in a pickle. <laughs> oh, God damn. You want me to dig you out there or something? You know, the ancient Sumerians. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. <sighs> but that leads us to the one that really freaked me out the most. The crate. The crate, yeah. which has the great hall. Yeah. Uh, Hal Hallbrook. Hal Hallbrook. Um, Adrian, Adrian Barbeau. Barbeau. And, um, oh God, what's his name? He's been in tons of shit. Um, those are the two I always remember. Right. But it's all based around a cheating wife again mm-hmm. and the revenge he seeks upon her. Uh-huh. And, and it, just an annoying 
wife. And that was, I guess, I guess, no, I don't think she I don't wasn't think she cheating. Was cheating. She I was cheating. I think just she like, was just brash. She was just the nagging, just wife. nagging, brash, just drunk, just, just. And when Adrian Barbeau plays that man, she, <laughs> she knocks him. it out of the park, man. Because I was like, I love her, but damn, she's an annoying bitch. You know, I'm glad <laughs> she got it. She's grating in this movie, and she plays it so well. Just call me Billy. Everybody else does. <laughs> just, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> she nails it, man. And it's mm-hmm. and it's Adrian. Barbo, yeah. who again you can just, do no wrong. Oh hell's yeah! <laughs> you know, scream queen legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I think that same year she did Swamp Thing in '82, yeah. which is which is great too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you finally see the goods. Yeah. I was always very happy with that one. But this one is all based around that find in the crate, and this is this to me is the first really monster. Yeah, it's a monster. Mo- it's a proper monster, and he, he's like part. Because it, is it like not not an ape, but it's he, well they found him in like the Himalayas. That's right, that's right. So he might be like yeti. Oh God, imagine he, that. Yeah, he might be like a yeti type. Because this motherfucker is all teeth and claws. Right, teeth, <laughs> nothing but fists and teeth. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like creep show? I like creep show. You better say you like creep show, or I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> but uh, oh shit. <laughs> but so anyway, so the, the setup is this: this these two lifelong friends, and they're both college professors I yes because it's all set in higher academia academia and it's like all the, the ivy league and uh one has this problem and apparently he was fooling around with one of the students there's a little like implied that the other not hal holbert but the other one was the other one right yeah. well they find this they have this expedition and they find this crate nobody knows what's in the crate so they open up they like slowly open up the crate and there's a fucking yeti for lack of a better term there's a yeti inside of it a little mini yeti mm-hmm Oh yeah, and it's 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 minuscule than what you would imagine a yeti being, but, but it's holy just shit. just mouth and teeth and just claws, and it sucks up the janitor, and then goes back to the crate like a fucking evil jack in the box, right? right? <laughs> so he's saying he closes it up and puts it back in the room, and then he's telling him that the he's like telling me like I don't know what to do, you know, it's already killed like three people because it already has, it has killed yeah. like three people, and he goes, well, you know what? I have an idea we can both solve our problems. All of a sudden, yeah, there's the mutually beneficial. Yeah, kind of like two, a stranger in a train. Right. Nor- is it South by South? No, not South by Southwest. Um, North, North by, by Northwest. Northwest. <laughs> Austin. It all takes place in... <laughs> oh, no. Kevin Smith just got killed by a your crate. Hipsters, watch out, y'all. Mm, right. So anyway, so he lures Billy into the crate, and finally it doesn't show up for a while. But then when it does, oh goddamn! That's when you see the full aspect of the monster. And again, you get that great face shot with that lighting, the coloring. Yes. Yeah, goddamn! Yeah. That's one of the things I love about this movie is just that very distinct comic feel, like you said, mm-hmm. and it shows up in practically every, every scene second. when yeah. something big, when the shit goes down. Yeah, and you got that great one. And just uh-huh. oh god damn it's good, and then you ultimately get that great last shot where they they they're getting rid of it. They thought they they they, the they, cliff. Yeah, they 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 chain it up. Yep, they hammer it in, and he after he cleans up all the blood because that's part of the deal. He goes, right. I'll take care of your problem, but you know this stays between us. And they, he throws it over the cliff in the water, and then you see that last shot of the crate just opening up just enough so you can see, see the, the eyes. eyes. Yeah. That, again, I think it was just because that that monster was so scary looking. It was a fucking scary monster, dude. And, was, and here's the thing, again, it's it's all practical effects. Mm-hmm. There was no CGI back in the day. None. You had to create it from scratch, which it gave it weight, mm-hmm. which is what, to me, was that thing exists. Yeah. You know, that thing existed, mm-hmm. and that was scary. Yeah. And that's one of those, you know, you'll hear it a lot on this particular podcast, Nightmare Junkhead, but, you know, we're all about practical effects. Now, if you can find a nice 
combination of the two with CGI and practical. I'm good with that, but right. nothing to me breeds practical. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the shit that Most has definitely. weight. Yeah. Um, which leads us to the last segment. Mm-hmm. And this is the one. The edited one. This is the one they cut out. See, this is what you were saying. Yeah, I cannot believe that they would mm-hmm. cut this because this is the one that is so that is beyond creepy. This is but like it's visceral. This is the platonic ideal of creepy. You right. know, and it's called the creeping up on you. And good God, if you do not like bugs, if you don't like cockroaches, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> watch this and enjoy. It's family fun for the whole family. Holy shit! This yeah. will make you. Every little anything that starts tingling on you, you're going to be yeah. squirming, man. Mm-hmm. Especially in the end. Oh, my God. <laughs> there is nothing like this particular segment mm-hmm. just in terms of pure creep factor. Because yeah. it's basically he's basically a slumlord, right? But he's like a Howard Hughes-like slumlord. A he very eccentric, cut off from the rest of the world. Everything's sanitized. Yes. Like, he has to use Kleenex to pick up the phone. I mean, yeah. he's just like a, a germaphobe. Germaphobe. Yeah, I was going to say agoraphobe. Angor- well, no. And he might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's basically in like a hermetically sealed apartment in New York. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, <laughs> the guy keeps calling and checking up on him. Uh, Mr. Pratt, you doing all right there, Mr. Pratt? Because goes, yeah, I'm doing great. You know, a guy like you, a man of color, can uh, go pretty far if you play your cards right. And you, so you, you get a reason not to like him. Right. Everything, you know. And there's even phone calls. It's like, you know, hey, we're, our, our building's falling apart. You got to help us. And he's like, it's not my problem. You know, yep. So. So yeah. you know, ultimately, something's going to happen to mm-hmm. him. What's it going to be? And holy shit, you get the roving blackouts, and then the shit goes down. Yeah. And my and it God. it starts off slow. It does. Like no. one little bug. And, and then... he sprays it down. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, good. And then they just start slowly but surely all popping out of just every, like almost like every apartment orifice you yeah. could. You coming know? out of the phone. Yeah. Coming out of the TV. Coming out of the sink. The electric it's, sockets. You yeah. know, it's insane. Yeah. And you ultimately, he gets back. Was it his panic room, I think, that he ultimately I, gets back I think to? It's, I, think it's just even his, just no, I think it's just his room. He just slams the door. Because, I mean, it basically his whole apartment's a panic room. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then you, there's that great last shot where you basically cut away from him and it comes back to the room. You see him. Just he's on the ground. No nothing, bugs. No, nothing nowhere. around him. Until you start seeing his skin start moving, yeah. and then it just pops out of the seam, man. Yeah, just oh. out of his head, out of his mouth, just and everywhere. It is insane, the amount it's, of cockroaches they yes. use for this. And like I said, if you have any kind of aversion to it, don't watch it. It's <laughs> Or it's, do. Maybe sit yourself through it if you yeah, can. This yeah. is like watching arachnophobia. Fear therapy. Oh my God, it is just ridiculous how insanely just squirm-inducing it is. And it works mm-hmm. so well, mm-hmm. that's the thing. And then we ultimately then get our wraparound with the Tom Atkins story, yeah. where the kid gets the voodoo doll yeah. that you saw in one of the advertisements yeah. earlier on in the film. Because what happens is, like, so in the in between the things, um, I don't think it's in this book. If for those of you who don't know, I have a first edition of first printing of the Creep Show graphic comic novel. Yeah. It is amazing, y'all. This is some next level stuff. <laughs> so no, yeah, it's not in here. No, it's not. No. But so anyway, so th- th- there's little vignettes, like maybe about two minute vignettes in them in between, where they they show the father throwing it down, and then the wind opens up, and there's so you see the like advertisement, and then you see the one that says Voodoo Kit, and it's already cut out, mm-hmm. which is such a great little just just a great. <sighs> Scene. Right, and then there's two uh, two 
garbage men and i think one's dick miller and tom savini yeah now that is a casting coup right there <laughs> yeah. man. dick miller and tom savini and they're like uh ah, this is just fucking shit and then like one's like nah, my kid loves this shit i'm gonna take it to him right <laughs> then then it pans back and then uh, the more stories more stories then finally tom atkins is like drinking a, 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 a scotch or something mm-hmm. a little something to tide you over and uh then he all of a sudden he gets his back pain and he goes, oh, and then it pans over to Billy's room and he's got the voodoo kid and he goes, goes, go rot my brain, huh, you bitch, or something like that. And he's stabbing the fuck out of his dad, just basically killing him, laughing oh, yeah. and cackling. Oh, and then, yeah. then it pans back and then there's the creep. Just and he's looking, just knowing, and like, loving, yep. just loving, like, yes, good. good. You know? <laughs> I mean, you talk about a great way to end a movie. Oh, man. yeah. It's it killer. It's so good. And this is one of those that. I don't know. I I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but no, this is one that either you have to buy the DVD yeah. or you have to know someone who knows it, or you could just f- remember it fondly. Absolutely, you know, and or maybe even better yet, go real old school, try to find a VHS copy of yes. it. Yes. And speaking of VHS, we yes. like to do a little bit of a a little segment we call a Rotten Rentals recommendation. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with Rotten Rentals, they are an amazing company here out of Kansas City. That they are all about that nostalgia you get when you used to go to the VHS mom and pop rental stores and you would just peruse the sections the awesome man. covers yeah. absolutely because they make uh um recreations of the classic vhs covers that you loved inside you get all sorts you get cockroach goodies in there yeah, man you, do. you get awesome collectible cards little zombie figurines mm-hmm. but they was just that those those lovely days of perusing the the the, the vhs section especially the horror movies man because mm-hmm. that sold you on a lot of those rom-coms don't have good covers they don't have the good covers not no. quite like fright night right. or, in this case <laughs> they actually have one for creep show 2 which we talked about earlier has that great scene of the creep yeah. in the the theater looking mm-hmm. back saying y'all y'all ready for this ready shit? for some shit yeah and you, you guys want to see a dead body <laughs> so i got i have to ask um the first one had five segments this one only had three i loved part two see i i like part two i i don't know i think i think actually i like part one a little bit better but i think part two is right up there because just for the simple fact, one, I saw part two in the theater. So okay, that, so that kind of like, yeah, it kind of has a little bit more weight to me. And just like, thanks for the rod, lady. That the, one fucked me over, dude. The raft one, which Eli Roth owes a lot to. We from, talked about mm-hmm. that. So the first segment is um, Old Chief. What is it? Old, Old Chief, Chief Woodenhead. Wooden. And I love the creep's voice in part two. It was and like, he's animated Hello. in this one. <laughs> well, kiddies, looks like you're back for another creep show. Dude, he's playing the horror host. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's straight yeah. up the horror host in yeah. this one. He's your Old guide. Old Chief Woodenhead. And they keep the same aesthetic the comic book aesthetic mm-hmm. in terms of the the flipping the framing so yeah. old chief woodinghead with uh, george kennedy and yeah. dorothy and dorothy lamore i do love me some george kennedy me man breath sure it's the bomb <laughs> you know you, you can't go wrong with a little george kennedy <laughs> um and this one is all built around a little uh mom and pops uh like uh store in the and then like basically off an old highway 66 Route 66. Is it Route 66? Yeah. And the town's dying. Yeah. And like basically this one guy. And so it's the mom and pop, literally a mom and pop. And they have a store where everybody's just has to pay on credit because times are hard. This, every, the whole town's just turning to dust. And this Indian walks in. Yatta hey, Martha Spruce. All right. He says, okay, so we owe you a lot, so you can hold on to our sacred treasures until we can pay you back. And he says a great line. He goes, if you hold those, that makes us borrowers. 
But if you give it back, that makes us beggars, and we can't have that. Wow. I've so, forgotten about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah that is so pretty powerful. It, it is. It is. I mean, because the Native Americans are there. It's a proud, 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 people. proud people. And um, so he goes, okay, I'll hold on to it. And then the chief's son, with the long hair, man, I'm going to go to L.A., and there's thousands of women just ready to rub his hair right between their legs, right? I, I, had, that so movie, man, I had that movie almost memorized, dude. So I'm, how much I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so basically, he kills the mom and pop. Right. And so then, the, the before that, he's working on, uh, George Kennedy is working on Old Chief Woodenhead, which is one of those, like, cigar, like, mm-hmm. wooden C- statues. And he goes, I'll fix your war paint tomorrow. And then there's no tomorrow because he's dead. So all of a sudden, Old Chief Woodenhead comes alive, puts on, finishes the war paint. <gasps> and just like this is war cry. And then goes systematically killing the son and his cronies. And his little crew, yeah. yeah. Little street toughs that were gathering around yeah. there. And I will That's so enriched kid. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And it's actually, again, you know if you do bad in these films, you're going to get punished. punished. Yeah, absolutely. There's always comeuppance that you get with these films. Mm -hmm. And this one is actually pretty gruesome. I, I think my biggest issue with this is because they only did three. They extended the little segments a little bit more. Right. There's too much story in some of them. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. just, I think I liked the compact nature of the first one with, because with the three, they extend and it's not bad because you get better character beats. Mm -hmm. You know, you are attached to these people, but I think maybe when I saw it, I was expecting a little bit more. Maybe it was my ADD. I don't know, but it just, for me, again, I like the film. And it wasn't as comedic. No, no, yeah, no. It, it well, wasn't, it wasn't as comedic I at all. I will say the third the... one to me was more comedic. That one, you, when my buddies and I watched that, we laughed the... our asses off. Thanks for the, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I liked that one yeah. the best. But yeah, and ultimately though, I love it because he does get scalped. Yeah, he gets scalped. And the yeah. thing that he treasures the most, yep. his hair. His hair. And he, he gets his comeuppance. He does, man, in yeah. a brutal ass way. Fucking yeah, dude. That's some hard shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then, so, you know, we talked Yata about. Yatahe, Marta Spruce, Yatahe. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. Dude. You do love some creep show too, man. Like, <laughs> Zero, dude. That's uh. So, what do you think then about the next one, the second the one, raft? The raft. I that one really freaked <laughs> that me. That one out. was fucked up, dude. Yeah. That whole, there, it doesn't explain what it is, no, or why, no, or anything. So basically, the thing is, there's these. It's spring break. Yep. Group of teens, right? And then all of a sudden, they start smoking pot. Having sex, oh, yeah, so no. you know, like, okay, they're gonna die. Someone's gonna, yeah, some shit's <laughs> gonna, gonna go die. down again. <laughs> so they go to this pond. It says absolutely, it says absolutely no swimming, and there's like signs, and you know, they're like, fuck that. So they go in there, they swim out of this raft, and all of a sudden they see in the distance like this oil slick. It's a little, it looks like an oil slick. Yeah, it looks yeah. just like an a oil little, slick. like a like a duck gets caught in it. And and duck, shit. Yeah, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> So they're like, okay, it's an oil slick. And then the oil slick starts to move. It, uh, Just they're slowly moving. And they're like, fucking oil slicks don't move. And the next thing you know, one goes to swim and like it eats him. And it doesn't just eat him, it burns him. No, alive. It's, it's very much like the blob in the yeah. water. Just yeah. the way it does it, it melts them. It yeah. just, oh my God. Yeah. And that shit was gruesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, and I think that's why it scared me so bad. And it reaches up too. Like yes. little tendrils come out of it, like, I'm trying to grab you. And yeah, stuff. it does that great shot where it's just coming up through the slots and mm-hmm. you can just see them all trying to avoid it man because yeah. that shit was harsh yeah, was. i mean that just burned right through and then they showed boob yeah well, and it's just oh it's it, it, 
Because he, so anyway, there's only two survivors left, right? And this guy, he's like, you know what? We're the only survivors, so I'm just gonna get my dick wet, right? I'm gonna feel me some titty, right? So she's asleep. He pulls a Cosby. Right? Yeah, he, <laughs> I'm gonna start feeling this thing. That'll don't worry about the Jello pudding over there in the ocean. That ain't gonna do nothing. So anyway, so <laughs> so he's like starts like coughing to feel, and she's like, oh, and then she's like, ah, she starts screaming because. Little did he know he had her like face on the side. Yeah. And she, he, she pulls her face straight, and like this thing is on her, pulling her face the other way. It is just like so, it's so gruesome. Oh my it's God. so gruesome. And as and when you're watching this, uh, you know, because this came out, I believe it was '87. Yeah, something like that. You know, you're at that point where you love watching some boobies. You saw some boobies. You're like, I got me a little chub going on. And, and then, then they, just yeah, the chub's gone. The chub is gone Oops. really quickly. That <laughs> yeah. is some frightened turtle action going <laughs> right. on right there. And Says you. <laughs> they can check some pudding. But, uh, and it's great because then the kid finally loses his shit, dives in yeah. the water. And, and he, it, he goes, okay, while well, she's being eaten. I know. Well, she's being eaten. I'm fucking gone. So. And it, and it's a, a great play because then the, it's a sentient thing because it sees what's going on and starts going after yeah. him. Yeah. And then finally he gives you the thing. He goes, I beat you. I fucking beat you. And, and then and the then, greatest little end actor there. Yeah. Just the thing goes, just goes on the thing and just, I mean, like overtakes him. And then as it goes along, it burps. Yeah. It's so gnarly, man. Yeah. That was one. That's the one that really freaked me out because yeah. I, I think I could imagine myself not getting some, but being with some friends and doing some shit like that. Right. Oh my god. Well, I don't fucking go to the lake for that reason. If I okay. see any like any weird shit in the lake, I'm like fuck. fuck so you. you avoid the open grates downtown yeah. and you won't go out into the lakes. Right. You know what? That's that's actually that's a pretty good policy. Smart. Man. Absolutely. Man, that's why I'm alive. And then it brings us to then the last segment, and this mm-hmm. is the one that I always thought was more comical than anything. Well, the one that, but then there's a wraparound about the little boy. Again, another little boy. Who's oh, getting, with the bullies. With the bullies. That's and he, right. And he buys Venus flytraps out of the Creepshow magazine, right? And he goes, they eat meat. And he's real excited that he's going to buy some things that eat meat. And these bullies come around, and they're like, what is this fucking, you're reading comic books, you dork. Grabs the Venus flytrap and smashes them in there. And then starts chasing Billy. And then, story... The right, more right. Being the end, being the then we come over to the last story, which is... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember either, but it's basically... Because <laughs> it's the uh, Old Chief Woodenhead, the raft, and I want to... I don't know what it is, but it, for all intents and purposes, intents and purposes, it's... Thanks, thanks for the for ride. The ride. <laughs> so basically, this chick who's having an affair with a male prostitute, right? Well, well, it's only $200 for eight orgasms. If you think about it, that's like 50 a pop or something like that. You gotta love so, a good gigolo. <laughs> so then I had sex with her, and then we had the dirty sex, but it's okay because I get the monies. The monies. Anyway. So anyway, yeah. so so she has so she's on her way home. She's like, oh shit, I'm gonna be late. You know, I, I gotta get home. I fucked too long, literally. <laughs> and uh, my husband's gonna kill me. So she's she's doing this whole inner monologue out out of her head, out of her mouth. She's talking to herself the whole time. Um, so she's trying to run around. It's dark and it's rainy, and she hits this this guy. Boom, boom, boom. Just lays him out. Doesn't stop. Looks over and goes, well, I'm 
fuck it, I'm out. So she goes out. Stephen King comes driving by as the trucker. God That's damn it, right. what happened over here? Looks like someone hit. Yeah, he plays the bumpkin so well. He does it really well. Yeah. <laughs> Just Stephen King. Playing to his strings. Bumpkin. Yeah, not Blumpkin. That's no, a different yeah, thing. Oh God. <laughs> He's not playing a Blumpkin. He's playing the Bumpkin. Well, the guy wasn't a rain slicker, so it well, might be to true. his benefit. <laughs> Saw head. The, the first things, the first rose might get wet. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Sick. But so anyway, so <laughs> so then like basically she starts seeing this the hitch. Oh, it's called the hitchhiker. That's what. Uh, That's yeah. what the hitchhiker. She starts seeing this hitchhiker with the sign, and yep. and just when she thinks he's gone because it's figment imagination, he comes up and he's like, "Thanks for the ride, lady." You know, like getting a ride. So she tears off. Next thing you know, he's there, and he and, and the great thing I like about this one is he's decaying every more and it's more. It's like an American werewolf in London. Like right. every time they see uh, David or not his 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 roommate, he yeah. just gets it's worse, just worse and, and worse. worse and worse. And she fucking runs him down again, throws him into a tree. Oh yeah, all the while in her car. So basically, it's her in the car versus the zombie. So it's like type ghoul thing. almost, you yeah. know. Just like, yeah, and so then finally, and there's some stunt work in that. It's really good. It's really great stunt work because he's on top of the car, beating the hell out of it on the hood thanks. while she's going and down. And again, just constantly, thanks for the ride, yeah, lady. Thanks, thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. And that's what I think, that's the thing my friends and I, we just could not stop laughing at it. And we would constantly quote that to each other nonstop. Just, yo, thanks for the ride, man. So, okay. So, oh here we go. Here okay. we go. We were talking about my niece offline. Mm-hmm. And, uh... <laughs> So my mom has this thing. She hates zombies or anything like that. So that when my daughter's my daughter, my niece sings, uh, thanks. It's no more Kings. Thanks. But she saw with me in the theater that thanks for the ride. So she flipped out. So every now and then I'm like, thanks for the ride later. Right. She'll freak out. One day she was, one, one day she was waiting for me in the parking lot. I think I was like 18. It was waiting for me to, to in the parking lot of a price shopper or something. Right. Yeah. Come in the window. Thanks for the ride, lady. Right, <laughs> flip her the shit. Right. So one day, my niece. This is maybe about a couple of months ago. Um, I was gonna go for a ride with them. Uh, my niece hops in her little seat in the back, and my mom starts to drive. And all of a sudden, without provocation, without any coaching, without anything, my niece goes, "Hey, thanks for the ride, lady." Like that. I crack up so. Bad. Oh my god! That's and I was like, "God damn you guys!" Talking about me and my brother. <laughs> Why do you take this child so? And I'm like, "That is wonderful." Yeah, just like, out of nowhere. Thanks for the ride, lady. Like with a big mean voice and everything. But no prompting or anything. No, man. just out of nowhere, right? So, so anyway, so back to the story. <laughs> I digress. Um, so anyway, so she finally heads home. And then, lo and behold, she's on her way out the door, thinking it was all in your head. Because she gets in a wreck, and she gets up, and her car's total, and there's no ghoul anywhere. Right, so no. she's like, I was just hallucinating from the stress. She finally gets home. The, zom- the zombie, for lack of a better term, attacks her, kills her. The door shuts. 
comes back up and the car's still running. So everybody, so the husband thinks she died of um, asphyxiation. asphyxiation. But little, there's the sign that says "Thanks for the ride, lady" on her, and she's all bloodied. And it's so, great. It's yeah. such, and it's that's a that's actually a pretty good capper. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it ranks right up there with her creeping up on you, but it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's pretty damn. Yeah, yeah. And then you ultimately get the wraparound where the Venus fly pl- the trap. Venus fly traps come up, and it's a cartoon. And then this is the one where oh, like yeah. this is the where it lost me, but it comes a cartoon and eats the bullies. It eats the bullies. Yeah. Which you know what? Yeah. You, again, they the get come their up comeuppance. Exactly. Right. Again, right. the guilty will be punished in the creep show films but yeah. check it out at rotten rentals they have a great recreation of uh creep show 2 it's just again it's it's all it's pure nostalgia i man. think they have creep show 1 too don't they i have i only saw the creep show 2 okay because i actually i went by i went on the website today checking it out yeah. just because i was like oh, i need to see you know yeah. what, what all they got here but it's perfect yeah. on that so yeah definitely check it out um so like i said this is the first of a series of our horror anthologies though with our cult callbacks what i say cult you say callback cult callback cult callback all right awesome <laughs> uh so the next one up i'm not sure what we're gonna do it's gonna be good though i guarantee you Mm -hmm. um but until then my name is greg i'm genius mcgee we'll see you in your dreams